Praise the Lord. Good morning. So nice to be with wonderful people in Edmonton, Canada. We love this place. I have been coming almost every year for the last, I don't know, I can't even remember, the last 25, 30 years. We have many friends here and we have a lot of uh, many colleagues who are working with us in the ministry. Uh, uh, This morning, I would like to speak on a topic, we are on a mission. We are on a mission. And the verses that I would like to read this morning is from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, beginning with verse 34. The Gospel of John, chapter 4, beginning with verse 34. Let us listen to the word of God. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. That both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored And you have entered into their labors. May the Lord bless his word. This is one of my favorite stories in the scripture. Jesus dealing with the Samaritan woman. And this story, literally we can call it the the school of the Samaritan woman who became one of the great missionaries, first to recognize Jesus as the Messiah and to recognize that Jesus is the Savior. And through her, she brought the entire town to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Jesus loves all people. Jesus loves all races. There is no discrimination for Jesus. Jesus went against the tide of his day. There were many Jewish groups. They are in struggle with one another. And more difficult and worse, there are the Samaritans who are partly Jews. And yet they are not with good stand with the Jewish people. But Jesus had a mission. And that mission is our mission. And the vision of Jesus is our vision. And the mandate of Jesus is our mandate. And the message of Jesus is our message. You see, we have to look in a different view today. We need to pray for the spirit of wisdom. And we need to pray that our eyes will be open on what's going around us and what's going around the world. I'm afraid that the church these days 
lost its first love, that fiery love to love everyone unconditionally like Jesus Christ. I'm afraid that the church lost the vision, lost the priorities, lost its true purpose, lost the focus, lost the passion to be passionate to bring people into the salvation of Jesus Christ. Yet Jesus had a clear vision. Jesus had a clear mission. Jesus had a clear message despite what's going on in terms of the political challenges or the religious challenges. Jesus was not compromising. He was not politically correct to appease and satisfy everyone in his day. He had a divine agenda, that agenda from heaven. He came for a purpose, and that purpose is to complete and to fulfill the plan of God. So we have a mission. And what is that mission? Is the mission of Jesus Christ. And let us look at many things in this scripture. First of all, I would like to get your attention about the priority of mission. And what was the priority for Jesus Christ? Even though Jesus preached to crowds and he attracted many people because of the miracles. But one of the strengths specifically mentioned in the Gospel of John is the individual witnessing or reaching out to individuals. We see that with Nicodemus the, in chapter 3. In chapter 4, we see that with the Samaritan woman. In chapter 5, we see that with the man who was at the pool of Bethesda. And the list goes on and on. So Jesus, not only for revivals or big meetings, but he understood the human soul. He understood the importance and the value of the human soul. Therefore, he was on a mission. And the priority for Jesus is to reach out for that woman, the Samaritan woman. So Jesus, as the Bible says in Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus must go through Samaria. In other words, you know, he did not follow the roots even of his day as a Jewish rabbi. A Jewish rabbi will not pass through Samaria lest he will be defiled according to the Jewish tradition. So how they do it, in Judea and the south, they travel eastward to the Jordan Valley and they go around the Jordan to reach the Galilee in the north, avoiding the territory of Samaria. But the Bible says Jesus must go through Samaria. Now the situation between the Jews and the Samaritans wasn't easy. Even the words of Jesus, for the Jews do not have a dealing with the Samaritans. So there is a political animosity and there is a religious animosity between both people. But Jesus went despite of the animosity. This animosity started 722 
BC before Christ when the Assyrians came and took the 10 northern tribes into captivity and they brought other nationalities and they were mingled and mixed races intermarried together. So when the Jewish people came back from the Babylonian captivity into Jerusalem and Judah, they didn't want to do anything with the Samaritans because they have mixed with other races. So Jesus loves people. He loved that woman. And the priority for Jesus, it was that woman. And it is not easy. For example, this woman, she went to fill water. According to the timing, it will be noon time. We know women in the Middle East, they go to draw water either early in the morning or before dark. And they, do, they don't travel alone by themselves. They go as groups of women to fetch or to fill water. So this woman probably, she didn't want to hear people saying negative things about her. And maybe she avoided the look of other people about her. Remember, she married five men and the sixth, she, he was not her husband, but rather she was living with him. So in that tradition, that is terrible. Now, let me remind you, this woman, she must be a very beautiful woman to marry five men. Because in the Middle East, it's the other way around. Men who married at least four women. I'm talking about the Muslim culture. So... She must have been very attractive woman to attract men. I can see from, you know, from her eloquence and her speech with Jesus, she was an attractive woman. Maybe the first man, he was a handsome man. But you know, finally she found beauty is deceptive. Maybe the second man, he was a politician. Because she displayed a quite knowledge about the political situation in her conversation with Jesus. Then she discovered politics does not take you anywhere. Maybe the third man, I, I don't know, maybe he was a pastor. <laughs> and because she had quite good knowledge of the religion of her day. She spoke about worship. She, she spoke about Jacob, about Joseph. She spoke about topics pertaining religion. Even pastors did not meet her needs. So probably she was hungry. She was searching, searching for the truth. She was looking for something. And we know that from the sentence that she said, I know a Messiah. She, she's referring to the future. A Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Isn't that interesting that even in the depth, in the dire of her sinful situation, there is a deep, deep voice in the heart of her heart crying, looking for something to save her. That thirst, that hunger, no one knows about it except Jesus Christ. Jesus, 
did not follow the route, did not follow the customs and the tradition of his day, he went to meet this Samaritan woman. Now, every traveler carries, you know, like a, like a bowl for water. Because the disciples went to bring food to Jesus because he was tired, he was hungry, and he was thirsty. Then he started the conversation. Now, according to the Jewish tradition, if you drink from the same bowl like a Samaritan, you are a defiled. You are unclean person. According to the Jewish tradition, it is better than uh, it's better to burn the book of the law than giving it to a woman. And how much more to give it to a Samaritan woman? I'm just trying to get your view, your attention of what kind of animosity in that day. And yet Jesus avoided all these obstacles. All these problems of his day, he came to focus on one mission. And that mission is that Samaritan woman to reach her heart. Now, in missions, we can learn that Jesus is a master communicator. He knows the art of communication. Now, when he started... He appealed to her humanity. He said, I am thirsty. He asked for a glass of water. Now, in the culture of the Middle East, even if you are enemy with other person, once you ask for water, this is where it breaks, you know, the, the ice in Canada. So, um, so you can communicate uh, with, the, with, the, with the other person. So he appealed to her humanity. And yet... He stirred her thinking. He made her think. He appealed to her spiritual need. I mean, he was in need for physical water, but he gave her her spiritual need, which is eternal water, the Holy Spirit, and salvation through the work of Jesus. He appealed to her conscience. See, that's where people make a decision. Call your husband. And this is where she couldn't hide. She said she spoke the truth. And Jesus told her. He knew what was her past. But also when you speak, when you communicate, not only you appeal to the humanity, not only to the mind or thinking, not only to the spirit or to the conscience or to make a decision, but it is very important that you destroy the beliefs false belief of the other person. Now, Samaritans, they believe in the Torah, the five books of Moses, but they reject many other writings, Jewish writings. So you cannot worship God. Jesus said, you worship God with spirit. That's he speaks again, the Jews, because they followed the letter of the law. And in truth, he's speaking to the Samaritans because you cannot worship, worship God a part of the word of God, the full revelation of God through the scripture. Jesus communicated that mission because he was on a mission. And that was the priority of Jesus is to go. That means he moved strategically. 
He moved prophetically. He moved with the direction of the Holy Spirit. He moved in the plan and the agenda of God, not the people of his day. So that was the priority. And it's very important for every individual in this church and as a church collectively, as body of Jesus Christ, what are the priorities of our mission? You know, if we don't set priorities and meet these priorities, we can be a nice church and we can have everything, but we can't reach out to the precious souls that are crying outside, seeking, but they have no answer. They need someone to go to them. Jesus went to the Samaritan woman. You know, Philip, the evangelist, the deacon, he had a great revival in Samaria. And yet when the spirit whispered for him to go and meet an individual, the Ethiopian eunuch on the road to Gaza, going back to his country, he brought him salvation. One individual. So when we set our priorities right, we listen, we follow the plan and the purpose and the mission and the commission of Jesus Christ. Secondly, the purpose of this mission. The purpose is mentioned is in verse 34. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. In other words, what Jesus said, my food, food is the sustenance of life. If I have a purpose in life, if I exist in life, that for one purpose, Jesus said, not only to speak the message, not only to please people or whatever, but he came on one mission that has a coin of two sides. One side of that coin is to do the will of him, to do the will of the Father. And the second part of that same coin, the other face of that coin, is to finish his work. Now in ministry, and especially in missions, I have seen so many people starting right. Somehow, some, for some reason, at some point, they deviate, or they don't complete, or they don't finish the task, or the mission that the Lord has set before them. When the disciples went to bring food, they came back, they saw Jesus speaking with a woman. Now, you have to understand the culture. A Samaritan woman, when they asked him to eat, he was hungry. But he said, my food is to do the will of him. 26 times is mentioned in the gospel of John. Jesus came to do the will of the father. And what was that? It's basically the plan of redemption. When finally he set his face on Jerusalem, knowing what's going to happen, he went willingly 
to die on the cross. And did he finish? Yes. On the cross, he said, it is finished. That is the greatest joy. Whether in business life, in work life, in whatever you do, the greatest joy is when you knew you started something and you finish it. You complete it. If you don't, you will be sad. You will be miserable. You know, it leads you to anger, negative. So there is a purpose in mission. What is the purpose in your life? When you study the life of the Apostle Paul, from the moment he saw the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus, he kept the course. He finished the race. From time to time, the Lord appeared to envision to him, to, to encourage him. He continued to focus on what God has called him. Did he finish? Listen what he said. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. You know, brothers and sisters, there is no shortage of time. It is not how long you live. It's what you do with the gift of life. It's what you do with your life. How did you impact society? How did you influence your children, your grandchildren? What is the purpose in your life? What is the mission? A mission without objectives, without goals, without purpose, it's a losing matter. It leads to confusion, not to focus, but rather you will be kind of um, moving left and right without focusing on what God has called you to do. There is a purpose in everything. Maybe your mission is your family unsaved loved ones. Maybe you need to invest in that. You know, I always say, you know, what would you pay if you know you have a son or a daughter? They are not in faith. And you know the destiny. And you know the importance of that. And you know how dangerous and how serious to be separated from God. So what would you do? For me, I am willing to take my eyes for the sake of my children to see them coming to know the Lord. Maybe this is your mission. You are not old or you're young. You have exactly the years what God has allowed and destined you. So now, don't look to the past. Don't look to the failures. Don't look uh, for unaccomplished thing. Now you start with Jesus. You set a goal, a purpose. You begin to pray, to fast, seek God, and you will not rest until that purpose is fulfilled in your life today. Whether personally, providentially, victoriously, faithfully, because God is a victorious. We are on the winning side. When we set our face, our goals, our heart to what God has called us, this is where you begin to see the result. Thirdly, I said priority for mission, purpose of mission, 
Thirdly, partnership in mission. Let's look at um, verse 26. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true. One sows, maybe you've been planting, 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 and maybe other generations will reap. No matter what, you are in the perfect will of God. But you know, we cannot do it alone. We work in partnership. The Bible speaks in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul speaks about his friends and him. We are co-workers. Same verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1. We are co-partners, co-workers with God. Wow. We are working with God. And yet he gives us the joy of harvest. He does the work and yet he gives us the joy in accomplishing because we cannot do it on our own. Historically, when preachers, they thought they can do it by themselves, they failed. Historically, when churches divided, when churches wanted to do just their own without even partnering or co-working, networking with other ministries or other churches, we fail. Because that partnership is based on love. Partnership is the spirit of unity. Partnership means I cannot do it on my own. Now, there are people who pray for missions. Some people send missionaries. Some people go on a mission trip. But you know what? Everyone can support and give to missions. Because the challenge even in Canada... Canada was founded on Judeo-Christian principles and ethics. And now they are teaching us we need to coexist, to compromise the word of God, to compromise the principles of Jesus, changing it into other religions that proved in the Middle East and North Africa disastrous. So we need to unite. We need to speak the truth. We need to partner together. Even in our ministry light for all nations, we network with many other organizations. We network with organizations who have uh, work on the ground because we cannot do everything. People, local people in different countries, whether in the Gulf or North Africa, we have people who plant churches, who visit with people, who encourages people because we need one another. And I think when the church works in unity, and Satan knows that because Satan divides. When we work in unity, we can take the world, you know. So Jesus speaks about giftings. People who plant, people who sow. In the kingdom of God, there are different giftings, different giftings in the church also. People have different talents that we can use everything to expand the kingdom of God. For passion. Passion for missions. Jesus speaks in verse 35. Do you not say 
there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest, already white. So Jesus, if you uh, look at the, the context in the origin language, he's not speaking uh, something out of um, boring, but he is excited. He is passionate. Lift up your eyes. Unfortunately, we have a small country you know, in the Holy Land. And it's all hills and valleys. We don't have flat lands like, you know, in Alberta, you fly hours over fields. So when he says, lift up your eyes, because wherever you look, you see the fields on the hills and the mountains. What farmers do there? Very simple. Because they clean the soil, they bring the stones, and they build terraces. When it rains, the soil comes and fill the terraces. This is how they plant in many areas in the Holy Land. So when Jesus said, lift up your eyes. In other words, it, does, it doesn't take, you know, much <laughs> brain to see. As, as soon as you go outside and you look at the field, it is ripe. People are everywhere. They need to be taught about Jesus Christ. And we have to be passionate. You know, I've been working in Iraq and Syria. And I have seen hundreds of bodies in Raqqa. Which, which was the capital, you know, of the Islamic State. Bodies on the young people. They were dedicated, consecrated for false politics and false religion. And yet, they were passionate about what they believe and what they do to the point they are willing to die. You see, if the church, if we are not passionate, we are going to lose an entire generation. I don't know about Canada. Have you watched soccer game? Or football, you know, here. Well, in the, let me tell you about the Middle East. When there is a soccer game, you think it's going to be World War III. People get nuts. People get crazy. They are on fire. They are willing to fight. With, they're willing to do anything. They're passionate about and excited. Have you seen salespeople? Have you seen anyone comes and he is boring? Often... They speak something, they, say th they sell you something that you don't need because they are passionate about what they sell. If we are not passionate, we lose a generation. We need to understand that, to be filled with joy, filled with peace, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, to be powerful prayer group that we can change things. And the younger generation are smart. They watch not only the talk, but the walk also. So we need to be passionate. Jesus said, lift up your eyes. Well, if that was in winter, because the harvest in the Holy Land, it's towards end of April, the harvest of uh, wheat. Because it become like a golden color, white. So he said, look. 
maybe he's referring to the Samaritans because they wear, all the religious people wear white gown. The Samaritans still wear the white. So as though prophetically said, look, they are coming. They are coming. The harvest is great. Be ready. And indeed, they did come to Jesus Christ. Finally, power of mission. Now, we preach the word of God. The word of God is sharp. It's powerful. It penetrates. It changes lives. It fulfills God's purposes. How do we see the power of mission? Same coin that has two sides. One side, it destroys any obstacles or hindrances or walls. The other side of the coin, it opens the way. It opens the way to other people, to other race, to other nationalities. Now, when Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman, the Bible says she left her jar and ran to the city to tell her people about the Messiah. About the Messiah. Look in verse 39. And many of the Samaritan of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So, the, so when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Verse 41, and many more believed because of his own word, Jesus' word. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Christ, the Savior of the world. And that's what the Gospel John always, he tried to get our attention to the deity of Jesus, to the glory of Jesus, to combat a false um, uh, heresy, the Gnosticism, who did not believe in the deity of Jesus or Jesus came in the flesh. So he is breaking that by showing the action and what Jesus did. Now here culture plays, you know, a role. You see, when, when the Samaritan came to her town, could it be the Messiah? Because she cannot say he is the Messiah. It has to be a testimony of two women in that culture. Keep that in mind. So when they came and they believed in Jesus, they are back. Now we believe it's like childish thing, like children. Oh, we believe not because of your words, but because we heard it. So that was the ultimate goal to bring salvation into the whole city. We are on a mission. Can I add one more point? Is prayer for mission. In the Gospel of Matthew, in the Gospel of Luke, it's the same context, but it say, Jesus said, the harvest is plenty. Pray for the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. Brothers and sisters, 
We cannot do it on our own. We need the direction of Jesus. And when you move in the direction of Jesus, sometimes God interrupts certain ways in our life. Sometimes the comfort zone or being complacent. But yet, you are on a mission. We are on a mission. And that mission is the mission of Jesus Christ. Why? Because God loves everyone. We are all, every individual, the subject of God's love, God's care, and God's redemption. And we are so valuable in his eyes to the point the son of God, he went to individual, a Samaritan woman, to bring salvation into an entire city. Canada is no longer just white religion. More than 50% these days are ethnic groups coming from all over the world. So we need to adapt. The message is one message, the same. It's unchanging. But the methods, we can use different methods to reach different groups with the gospel of Jesus to become a great communicators of the great faith. faith. Now, let me ask you this question. What, is, what are your priorities? What is your priority? What is your purpose in life? Do you have a plan? Maybe somehow you lost it throughout the time. Do you have an unsaved loved ones? Well, we can begin now. We can make a step. And we can make a decision to be part of God's plan in partnership with missions. We can become one body to see the name of Jesus lifted up. Today, the name of Jesus is mocked, guys. In the East, they attack. And in the West, they tell him, just be distant. We don't want you. We need to move with the plan of God. And when we move, definitely, I tell you, I'm not sure about time, I didn't watch, but, um, you know, the gospel that we preach is a powerful gospel. You know, a lady, a Moroccan lady here, right here in Edmonton, married an imam. And every day he beats her. So one day he came and he beat her very harshly. She fell and she broke her arm. She planned to commit suicide because this man, he went to pray. After he beat her. So she said what type of God you are. When she decided to, to commit suicide. She fell on the couch. On the couch was a remote control. She fell on the red button. And lo and behold light for all nations. Not only that in that same moment I, I, I was speaking. Satan came to destroy lives but Jesus said I came to give life and life in abundance she was shocked who is Jesus that he is talking about this is what I want this is what I need she asked and asked finally I came to Edmonton she accepted Jesus Christ see there is a power in the gospel we've seen deliverance we've seen Many people got saved. We've seen healing because this is the power of the gospel. This is the power of mission that can 
transform lives. Now, do we want to stay as we are or we need to be passionate for mission so that we can start with our family, take our city to the Lord and bring glory to the Lord God. Amen. Well, let's stand and pray. I don't know, I don't know the culture in this church, but sometimes we need to make a decision. Have you lost it somehow in the middle, you know, way somehow at some point you're confused? You cannot even discern the voice of God. You wanted to do something. There is something you love to do, but you can't. You feel like tied. Why don't you pray today? Lord, make me passionate to love, to love what you did and to be passionate about it and to delight in it. This is very important. Maybe you want to pray for unsaved loved one to make it as your mission that you will not end, you will not stop until you see all your family believing in Christ. Maybe you want to go on a mission. Maybe you want to do something different. You know, it's too, I mean, I don't know, too boring to live, you know, like this. Unless you take an action in life and be passionate and start something really nice, good to honor the Lord. Let's bow our heads. And I just, you know, want to pray maybe... You lost that vision. You lost that sense of mission. Maybe you want to pray, Lord, help me reveal, open my eyes to start something. Can I see a hand raised without, you know, being like um, afraid or, you know, or shy, but literally to say, okay, I want to start in you fresh. You know, I want to finish, to fulfill the purpose and the goal in my life. Lord Jesus, we honor your name and we lift up your name. You are the king of kings and you are the same yesterday, today and forever. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you will remove any timidity or failure or fear in us to be filled with wisdom to be filled with faith that we can see things accomplished in our lifetime. Bless my brothers and sisters and bless every decision and bless the pastors of this church and the congregation. May your light shine through this church and bring many to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you.